Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory starts a brand new life-changing series entitled Fasting Fuel. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. So today, we're going to do a little something different for the next three weeks. Typically, I administer around Christ, the birth of Christ. But I believe this year's upcoming Connect 21 uh, Days of Prayer and Fasting is just a critical pivot point in not only linked up church's future, but also in our future as individuals. And so uh, something that I've never done before, I kind of leave it up to us, right? Uh, And so most churches do 21 days of prayer. We added fasting to it, but I've kind of left it optional, right? And so let kind of people do whatever God's leading them to do. But this year is not optional. How many of you know it's time for all of us to grow up? Come on, how many of you know it's time for all of us to go to our next level, right? So I'm going to challenge you over the next three weeks to, to add this to your prayers, right? And so let's get into this today. Let's get into it. We're going to talk about fasting fuel, fasting fuel. And so in our introduction, all of these notes are in the YouVersion Bible app, Linked Up Church app. I do encourage you to follow along today. Of course, I'm going to give you more than what's in the notes, so be prepared to write uh, your own revelation down and definitions and different things that I'll give you. But let's get into it. I believe fasting as it relates to prayer is the fuel that our Lord has given us, listen very carefully, to destroy the strongholds of evil and usher in a great revival and spiritual harvest within our personal lives. Fasting, by definition, is described as refraining from food for a spiritual purpose, not just dieting or starving. I mean, we're not just not eating for the purpose of not eating. We're really exchanging not eating for the purpose of drawing closer to God. It's seen as a part of a normal relationship with God. I want to emphasize that. And you'll see it in the Word today. It's seen as a normal part of a relationship with God and can lead to a deeper and more intimate relationship with Him. How many of y'all want a deeper and more intimate relationship with God? How many know to get there is going to require some sacrifice? Right? We're going to have to do some things that we're not comfortable with. Sometimes, God, we have to get used to being comfortable being uncomfortable in order to grow. So now, fuel can be defined as something that gives nourishment or food. Have you ever noticed that when your body is lagging or dragging, what's the first thing you think about? You need some food, right, to pick you up or to give your body fuel. My wife sent me a a nugget on yesterday, and I appreciate her uh, just following along closely and listening to what was in my heart. And it's a quote from Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar said it this way. Your physical body is your engine. How persistent and consistent you are in fueling your body will impact your performance in every area of your life. Now, if we understand that in the natural, don't you all think we should understand that in the spirit realm? Right? So so then our spirits are the engine. How we fuel that is important to what kind of impact we're going to have on this earth and throughout our lives. The rest of this goes on to say combustible matter used to maintain fire 
as of coal, wood, oil, or gas in order to create heat or power. It's an energy source for engines, power plants, and reactors. So I have a few props up here today. How many of y'all like to grill? Raise your hand if you like to grill. I actually like to grill. I enjoy grilling. All right. And so how many know if you've got a, a, a grill and some charcoal in there, you're going to be a, a, you'll be a long time trying to light that charcoal without putting a little fuel on it. Right or wrong? And the more fire you want, Watch this. And when the fire starts going out, you need to add a little bit more fuel on it. How many of y'all have a fireplace in your home? Uh Uh-oh, sorry about that. How many of y'all have a fireplace in your home? Raise your hand if you have a fireplace. All right. Well, when you put coals in that fire, I mean, it takes a long time to get those coals uh, or the wood by itself to to just start. You've got to put a little kindling firewood in there. Uh, or as this particular package says here, uh, burning fire logs. So you need something to help the logs burn a little faster, right? And then when they're taking a little longer to get started, you put a couple of more of those in, right? And it gets that fire going. But watch this. When the fire starts going out a little bit, you not only need to put a little bit more wood in there, you need to put a little bit more burning fire logs in there as well. So I'm going somewhere with this. I mean, you know, prayer by itself sometimes won't get, won't, won't get you where you need to go. I'm going to prove that in the Word of God today. Now, you can have a beautiful car sitting out there. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever been on the freeway on a road trip, right? I can make it to that next exit. Now, pocket full of money, credit cards everywhere, right? I can make it to that next engine, but, but, but that, it starts sputtering, right? Well, what is the car letting you know? Just need some fuel, right? So if you want to go a little further, you need to put more fuel in your vehicle. So you can fill it up a quarter, a half, three quarters, or you can fill it all the way up. But notice, the car doesn't determine how far it goes. You do, based off of how much fuel you put in there. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us? You can go as far as you want to go in him. But how much fuel are you willing to put to that to get there? See, do you love Chick-fil-A more than you love God? Because how many of y'all know, if you like me, anytime I fast, waffle fries just start flying over the... Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I smell food all of the time, whether or not somebody's cooking or not. I can walk in the house. Nobody's cooking, but for whatever reason, I smell food. And so, fasting fuel. So, what we're talking about here then is God is instructing us that we need to, for certain things in our lives, we need more than just prayer to get that job done. Let's prove that from the Word of God. Let's look at our opening text in Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 9 through 29. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, and it reads this way. It says, a man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, 
I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute or unable to speak. I brought him here to you, Jesus. So whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and his body becomes stiff as a board. I'm going to invite Minister Russell and Minister David to come up here on the stage. So Minister Russell is going to be the little boy and Minister David will be his father today. And so the father speaks out in the crowd to Jesus and he uh, describes him as a teacher. And he says, I have a, a son that's possessed by a demon and it makes him mute. In other words, he's unable to speak. What's your name, young man? He's unable to speak. I brought him here to you, Jesus. But whenever the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down. He foams at his mouth. He gnashes his teeth. And then his body becomes stiff as a board. Listen very carefully. I brought him to your disciples hoping that they could deliver him, but they were not able to do it. So Jesus said to the crowd, listen to now, the, the father is talking to him, but Jesus turned to the crowd. He didn't talk back to the father. He turned to the crowd, the crowd in the room and the crowd watching online. And this is what he said. Pay very close attention. He says, why are you such a faithless people? The word faithless means disbelieving and untrustworthy. He says, how much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now bring the boy to me. So the father gets his son, lifts him up, and brings the boy over to him. All right? And so the father brings the boy directly to Jesus. So they brought, verse 20 says, so they brought him to Jesus, and as soon as the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into convulsions. Keep going. Then he fell to the ground, rolling around again and foaming at the mouth. Now, what I want to do, just keep going there. Keep going. Come on back this way. Don't roll off the stage. Now, what I want to, now, now just stop right there. Now, watch this. Now, what I want to point out to you is the moment that the father brought the boy to Jesus, the demon acted out again. What is that called? That's called a divine distraction. And see, sometimes while you're believing God for something, you'll get the worst news of your life. Oh, man, I wish I had somebody in here. You might get news that it's actually worse than what you originally thought about. So all the demon is attempting to do is to distract Jesus and get his focus off of what the real task is. See, and that's all Satan will do is throw distractions in your life to get you off your focus, to get you off of your pursuit of God. 
Watch this. So, so, so Satan throws in this divine distraction. The boy in convulsions. He fell to the ground. He's rolling around, foaming at the mouth. Watch this. Now, Jesus turns to the father, pay very close attention and acts. While he's doing all of that, Jesus is paying no attention to him. Jesus turns to the father and he asks, how long has the boy been like that? Now, notice the boy's convulsion, rolling on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Jesus is paying no attention to it. You've got to learn how to, when you get the bad report, you don't ignore it, but you certainly don't give it any authority in your life. You stay focused on what God said. Oh, I wish I had 10 people in here that just would catch that right now. So Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has the boy been like that? The father said, since childhood. He says, it tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire and into the water. Then the father asked Jesus, but please, if you're able to do something, anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, watch this now, because now I hope you're paying attention. Now, I'm going to show you the father. I'm going to show you the disbelief that, the father, that Jesus was speaking to. It's going to help you all in here. So a lot of times we don't, when we study the scripture, we actually don't read every single word to get the full meaning. The father said, if you're able yeah. to. So because Jesus knew where the father was, he spoke to the whole crowd. See, that's those prayers that if it be your will, Lord. See, you got to know his will. If you desire to heal me, Lord, if you want me to get married, Lord, huh? If you want me to have a job, if you want me to be debt free, listen to what Jesus said. The Father said, if you're able, if, if you're able to do this, listen to what Jesus said. This is so profound to me. He says, he, he says, if you're able to do that, Jesus said to him right here, he says, if with a question mark. If, what do you mean, if? You see what Jesus addressed? The unbelief. See what he did here? Jesus said, what do you mean, if? See, that's insulting God. As if he doesn't have enough power to heal your body. Come on, somebody. If he doesn't have enough power to deliver your children. Come on, somebody, if he doesn't have enough power to restore your marriage. Come on, if he doesn't have enough power to get you a job. Come on, if he doesn't have, like he doesn't have enough power to cancel all of your debts. Come on, like he's not God of the universe. That's an insult to God to approach him by saying, if you're able to. So Jesus addressed that. Said, what do you mean if? Then Jesus turned it right on him and he said, no, if you are able to believe, then all things are possible to the believer. So now when he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord, help my little faith. See, what I want to draw your attention to, Jesus understands right where you're at. And he'll work with you right from where you're at to where he wants you to be. If you'll just acknowledge wherever it is that you're at. 
Don't try to act like you're bigger than what you are. Come on, somebody. But then don't belittle where you are if you know God has brought you somewhere. Right? Verse 25 here says, Now when Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon saying, Death and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrinked, shrieked and threw the boy, watch this now, into terrible seizures and finally came out. So, so, so the boy shrieked. Now he's at the worst state. He terrible seizures. Now I want you to act as wild as you've ever acted up here. <laughs> Just terrible seizures. So, so, so now I don't want him to hurt himself, so stop right there. So now watch this. So, so now watch this. I need you all to be clear on this. The first time Jesus attempted to say something about it, the boy acted out. Now that Jesus is actually given the command with the natural eye, he got worse. So what is, the, what is Jesus trying to teach the father here in this moment? Because Jesus is allowing all of this. We walk by faith. Let me try this side of the room over here. We walk by faith. Come on, finish the words. Let me try the middle of the room right here. We walk by faith. Come on, online. We walk by faith. You've got to train your natural eye. To even when it sees something that looks worse than what I commanded, I still believe what I commanded. Just like today, I command cancer to come out of your body. Whoever that is, I command it right now. Take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. Heart disease, I command you to act right, line up, and come out of that body now in the name of Jesus. Depression, oppression, every form of oppression that there is, if it's, if it's holding you back, I curse it at its root night right now, and I command that spirit to leave you alone in the name of Jesus. Now, somebody go ahead and thank God and give God glory for that today. So, so now watch this. So the demon shrieked through the boy into a terrible seizure. Then it finally came out of him. Now the boy is laying there looking like a corpse. Watch this. And everyone thought he was dead. You ever prayed for something? I'm taking you on a journey today. See, and you missed it. I'm getting ready to show you where you missed it. It looked like it was dead. But it wasn't really dead. See, somebody said, y'all, y'all missed that right there. And you hadn't trained your eyes well enough yet. So you just accepted something that looked like it was dead, but it wasn't really dead. So afterwards, so, so when Jesus stooped down, so Jesus stooped down, gently took the the boy by his hand and then raised him up on his feet. Grab him by his hand. Raise him up on his feet. And then the boy stood there completely set free. 
Now he can talk. Come on, somebody. What's, what's your name? Well, come on. Ain't God good? Huh? Won't he do it? Huh? Yes, he will every single time. All right. So, so, so now the boy stands here completely free. But if you don't study that story, you won't see all of the different transitions that that went through just to get to this place of freedom. Fasting will help keep you focused through the distractions. And I'm going to prove that in a moment. Thank you. Let's give both of them a big round of applause. Okay. So then Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand, raised him up on his feet, stood there completely set free. Afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the house, his disciples asked him in private, See, this, this, Jesus, hey, Jesus, Jesus, let me holler at you for a minute. <laughs> Jesus, come here for a minute. Let me talk to you. Why couldn't we cast out that demon? See, he answered them and said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting or fasting and prayer. So you see what he told them? You didn't have enough fuel in your tank. to get that job done. So if you're listening to anything I said up to this point, sometimes you've got to raise your level to the level of challenge that's coming against you. You sitting around praying five minutes a day for a 30-minute problem. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Come on, I asked the question. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Now look at your neighbor and say, I think I might have just discovered where my challenge is. See, see, when you find yourself in these vicious cycles in life and you can't get out of them, you got to do something different than what you've been doing up to this point. Now, how you begin and conduct your fast will largely determine your fruitfulness and the level of victory that you walk in. By following these seven basic steps to fasting, you can make your time with the Lord more meaningful and spiritually rewarding. We're only going to cover two today, okay? Step one, you have to have an objective. Don't just fast just to be fasting. Have an objective. See, be able to answer this question to why are you fasting? Is it for spiritual renewal? Is it for guidance? Is it for healing? Is it for the resolution of a problem? Is it for special grace to handle a difficult situation? Ask the Holy Spirit to clarify his leading and objectives for your prayer fast. This will enable you to pray more specifically and strategically. Let's look at some scriptures that support that. Letter A, fasting, you can fast to seek God's direction. How many know as a pastor, if I I don't hear from God, we can't go forward in God? Did everyone hear? I just can't go out and do something and say, God, you bless it. No, I got to figure out what he said because that's what he's blessing. Is everybody clear on that? 
you have to do that in your personal life as well, right? So you can literally fast to seek God's direction. Exodus 34, 26 or 28, the New King James Version says, we know Moses when he was up on the mount. Uh, so he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights, just an observation. And he neither ate bread nor drank water. Then he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant and the Ten Commandments. Now, it better be God if you go 40 days with no eating and drinking. So I'm not encouraging that at all. Somebody say, he's not encouraging that at all. All right, but this was a special assignment from God for Moses. And you'll notice that God had to quiet down everything else in his life and get him alone to give him instructions for the rest of the world. Yours might just be three days, five days, seven days. I don't know. You, that's something he'll tell you. But you can fast to seek his direction. Let her be. You can fast for freedom. How I many you know all of us struggle with stuff? Don't look at me like that. I said, how I many y'all know all of us struggle with stuff? Now, don't look at me like that online. I said, how I many you know all of us struggle with stuff? Look, look here at, at Isaiah 58, 6 in the New King James Version. He said, is not this the fast that I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? How I many know you can fast cussing? You can fast lying. You can fast pornography. I've done all of these things over the years. You can fast a bad relationship. You can fast the opposite sex. Should I say? You can fast the same sex if you want to break the power of that in your life. He says to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. Watch this. And that you break every yoke. So that means whatever is keeping you in bondage through fasting, it can be broken. Okay. Let's look at another one here. You can fast for growth and spiritual strength. Look at Matthew chapter 4. We know Jesus right after he was water baptized in, in Matthew chapter 3. The heavens opened and the, the spirit of God came down like a dove and, and sat upon him, right? Father's voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Sometimes after great spiritual victories, how many know you'll go into great challenges? So right after this tremendous spiritual moment, Let's read uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, that's interesting. The moment the Father uh, 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 confirms him, right, and affirms him, then he challenges him. I'm going to tell you something here today that most Christians aren't ready for. The moment you say you're going to do something for God, it's going to get tested. I try this side of the room. I said, the moment you take a stand and say, I am going to go to my next level in God, you're getting ready to get tried. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? 
I'm talking about the moment you say it, it's getting ready to get proved. Not by God to lead you to sin, but to understand where you actually are and what you just committed to. See, God will let us see ourselves. How many of y'all started a fast and ended it on the same day? Come on now. Come on, be honest with me in here. How many of y'all started it and ended it on the same day? That's just too hard right here. Oh, I need some french fries or whatever, right? Come on, anybody here willing to be honest, right? And I don't know if you go through what I go through, but I go through chills and shakes and my tongue get white and I'm almost like that boy going through convulsions and seizures and all kind of stuff, right? My, my flesh is crying out, no, feed me. So after this tremendous spiritual high, the spirit leads him out into, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We know the rest of that. He defeated the devil through the word of God, right? Verse 2, and when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. So it's interesting. Now, this is the start of Jesus' ministry, right? He just affirmed him in chapter 3, and the way the Father leads him to start his ministry out is through fasting. See, if you're starting a business, first thing you need to do is quiet everything down. See, now you're going to avoid some of that start, stop. Come on, somebody. Hit, make, make, miss. Come on, somebody. Because you took enough time on the front end to shut all of that down and get clear directions from God on the front end. You, you see what Jesus, what, what the Father is doing with Jesus? And then I'm going to teach you how to defeat this fool. Don't try to get him in your own. Because he's going to come with you and a lot of stuff going to sound just like me. And if you don't have enough discernment to know that he's slightly off on that and then be able to give him back what I actually said, he's going to beat you every single time. Now, any good parent doesn't take away trials and tribulations from their children because they know they're going to learn to be battle-tested through those. See, a lot of us want great victories without great challenges. You want to be a champion, you got to beat the champion. And the father is teaching the son how to do it. Isn't that good? Now, what I love here is look at the end of this. After he dices him up with the word of God, verse 11 says, then the devil left him. Now, if you read that in the literal uh, Greek there, it says it just left him for a more opportune time. One translation, one commentary says that Satan just went and hid behind a bush. See, see, he doesn't mind you being here today because he's just out there hiding behind the bush. Go on in there and praise God, give God glory, receive that word. I'll be waiting on you when you get back out here. That's literally what it says there. He just went and, 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 and ducked away, and, and he kept watching Jesus for a better opportunity to come back at him the same way. And then I love this right here. So the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. I can only imagine what they said. Way to knock his teeth out. Way to win that battle. Way to get him. Way to defeat him. I can imagine angels just came and encouraged Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know angels will come and encourage you as well? 
And we're going to end right here for today. You've got to be committed. So once you set an objective, how many of y'all know you have to be committed? Okay. So once you set an objective, step two is you must be committed. So now you've got to pray about the kind of fast you should undertake. Jesus implied that all of his followers should fast. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. Now, how I many of the way he would lead me to fast is not the way he would lead you to fast? So I actually can't tell you what to do. You've got to get before the Father based off of where, you at, where you're at, and he'll tell you what to do that he knows you can accomplish. But it's probably going to be further than you've ever gone before. And sometimes it's not all food. He asked me last fast to get off of social media for 21 days. I haven't been back on it since then. Because what I'm fully, what I fully set my faith for last year is only about 80% finished. So there are three or four things that I won't touch again until it's 100% finished. Because I actually want that more than I want to. Come on, somebody. And at some point in your life, you're going to have to make a decision about what do you want more. You want victory in your life or you want likes on your page? Or whatever it is. So watch this. Matthew 6, 16 says, moreover, when you fast. You notice that? When you fast. He didn't say if you fast, right? He says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites who acting like they are, but they really aren't, who with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting but to your father who was in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret, watch this, will reward. Now, this word reward here means deliver. So that means what I literally am seeking him for through the fast, he will deliver me from that. It also means perform. Whatever I'm seeking him for through the fast, he, he'll perform it. It means to restore. That can mean whatever the devil took from you, your family, your children, your money, your job, your career, your relationships. God said, I'm restoring that back to you. And I love this one, recompense. Recompense means requital. For whatever anyone has done wrong to you, let me make it right for you. Come on, somebody ought to give God. That right there is enough for me to say... I'm getting in this year. So he says, in secret, he will reward you. But, but notice how he promises to reward you. He promises that what you do in secret, he's going to reward it openly. So that means you don't need to tell people what God did for you. They'll be able to see it for themselves. Come on, somebody. You'll be a walking billboard. People will ask you, how did you get from there to there? God got me from there to there. Come on, somebody. I remember when you were going through, and now look at you. You're helping other people. Man, God got me from there to there. This word openly literally means publicly, externally, outwardly. You know why God would want to do it that way? 
so that he can get the glory. Right? So that when people see you, because it also means, look this up, babe. This, this, somebody better verify this. When I saw this, I almost leaped. Guess what else it means? Shining. God wants you shining out there. Come on, somebody. Come on. God wants you shining a bright light for everyone at your workplace, in your neighborhood. Come on, somebody, to say, man, look at that light over there. And and what you should do when they see your light shining like that, just say, man, God is so good. I can't take credit for none of this. Man, it was God that brought me through that bad situation. Come on. It was God that healed my body. It was God that restored my relationship. It was God that brought my children back. It was God that did everything that's happened to me. It's God that caused me to shine like this. I'm prophesying to somebody. You're getting ready to shine so bright in 2024. You might have to wear glass sunglasses 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm talking about when you walk, people are going to have to just cover up their eyes because of all of that glory that's on your life, because of all the good things that God will do for you when you obey him through fasting and prayer. Somebody say, I got to add some fuel to my prayers. See, when you get tired of being broke, you'll do something about it. When you get tired of not being able to pay your bills, you'll do something about it. Come on, somebody. When you get tired of being sick, you'll do something about it. It's not until you get tired of it that you do something about it. Come on, somebody. And God has given all of us an opportunity to do something about our situations. Why don't you go ahead and prophesy what 2024 is getting ready to look like for you. Man, I'm telling you, my my children are going to serve God with fire and enthusiasm. Man, my relationships with my family and children. Children and my extended family will be the best that they've ever been. Man, and Linked Up Church is getting ready to walk into its next level. Boy, listen, I'm going to leave that alone. But we're getting ready to walk into our next level. I said we're getting ready to walk into our next level. Come on, how many of y'all know if the church walks into its next level, then all the people in the church getting ready to walk into their next level as well. Come on, say, I'm going to my next level. Now, you've got to carve this 21 days out specifically for you. The way he's going to lead me is not the way he's going to lead you. All right? What he's asking me to do is more than I've ever done. I got to take it further. Because what I'm believing for requires more. So you know what he showed me? Because only 80% of it manifested. I didn't do enough last year. Now, how many of you know I'm not doing something to get something? I'm actually, he's challenging me to grow beyond where I currently am. Are you all still with me out there? How many of y'all are ready to grow beyond where you currently are? Let me show you one more verse here. Matthew 9, 14 and 15, New King James Version says, Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often? Listen to the question. But your disciples do not fast. Listen to Jesus' answer. Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Watch this. And then they will fast. 
So I, I just need to add this to our Christianity. This should be a part of our lifestyle. Not something we just do in January. I'm trying to take us somewhere now. To get to our next level, fasting has to be a part of our lifestyle. I'm talking about where we take, it's biblical, folks, where we take one day a week at least and we set some things aside and we put some things down and we press in as a lifestyle. How many of y'all can say I could add that to my life? All right, let me give you some practical things and I'm going to wrap up. For Jesus, this was a matter of not if believers would fast, but when they would fast. Not if they would, but he said before you fast, right? So you have to decide some things up front. Letter A, how long will you fast? Is it going to be one meal, one day, a week, several weeks? What is it going to be, right? Beginners should always start slowly and then build up to longer fasts. Now, the way we've set this up, everyone can participate in it because we're really just asking for beginners six hours a day. So somewhere in a six-hour block, you're going to put food down, right? You can drink liquids, and you're going to spend some time within that six-hour block in prayer and in the Word of God, okay? Made it real easy for everyone, right? But how many of you, for some of you all, that's nothing. Like, that wouldn't do anything for me, right? Let her be here. The type of fast God wants you to undertake, right? Is it water only? Is it water and juices? What kinds of juices, right? You will drink and how often? You need to be very organized before you get started. Let me give you some insight. If you just try to do it day by day, you are going to mess up. Anybody ever been there before? You don't already have organized in the morning what you're going to do throughout the day. A lot of stuff will be presented to you throughout that day to replace what you should have did. And how many know that justifying fleshly spirit will come on you and you'll say, oh, it won't hurt a little something. Anybody ever been there before, right? So I'm giving you some practical things here. What physical and social activities will you restrict? Sometimes God asks us to put away things that we love. Like for me to not drink green tea for 21 days, let me tell you, that's God right there. (laughs) Anybody here know what I'm talking about? They're just certain things. The things that I love, I put on the altar. Restrict my flesh. It's so quiet in here today. It's like I'm at a funeral today. Everybody okay? Is everybody's processing? Is that what it is? Well, you start talking about taking away food, folks out there like, boy, you got to be out of your mind. So what physical and social activities will you restrict? It might be television shows. This is one of my favorite ones. How much time each day will you devote to prayer and God's Word? You need to set that before you get started and commit to it. Is it going to be 15 minutes in the Word, 15 minutes of prayer? That's where you are. Start there. 
Is it going to be 30 minutes in the word, 30 minutes of prayer? Wherever you are, start there. Making these commitments ahead of time, let's all stand to our feet, will help you sustain your fast when physical temptations and life's pressures tempt you to abandon them. Now, I believe that whole text in the beginning was to help us understand that the moment you decide to do something for God, life's temptations are going to show up, right? All of these distractions are going to come to try to make you abandon what you committed to. But I want you to say it this way this, this year. It won't work this year. Do you all believe that? Yeah. Come on, say it from your chest. Say, it won't work, it won't work. This, year. this year. I'm finishing, I'm finishing. What, I start. what I start. Do you really mean that? Yeah. How bad do you want to be healed? Yeah. How bad do you want deliverance? Yeah. How bad do you want financial freedom? Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. See, the proof of desire is in your pursuit. I could have said, I want her, I want her, I want her all day, but I got to go get it. And watch this. If I'm going to keep her, I got to keep doing the stuff I did to win her in order to keep her. How bad do you want it? Do you love food more than you do victory? Do you love that relationship more than you love God? Because he might ask you to put it on the altar for 21 days and then pray about where is he at in it. See, not a lot of amens right there. See, that just might be friends too. He might ask you to put your friends on the altar for 21 days and then pray to him about what's their real role in your life. Let's lift our hands to the Father. Father, I sense that you're taking Linked Up Church to a, another level spiritually. And I'm here for it, Father. Let it start with me. Let it start with my family. Let it start with my wife and I. And then let it spread, Father. And so you've shown us and will continue to show us over the next several weeks. We've got to add some fuel to our prayers. And there are certain areas of our life that prayer alone will not get the job done. We've got to add some fuel called fasting to our prayers in order to get rid of certain things in our lives and to be completely whole. So my prayer is that this revelation will get in this congregation, get in those that are watching online, and we'll have the most dynamic transformation formative 21 days we've ever had and father will give you all the glory for all the victories in advance praise god i trust that this message has touched your heart today listen we don't claim to have all the answers but we do know one answer and his name is jesus christ so if you don't have a personal relationship with him today we want to invite you to do so or maybe you had one with him but you've just gotten away you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart 
save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.